Welcome to Shmeman Speaks, featuring the words and wisdom of Father Alexander Shmeman from the archives of St. Vladimir's Seminary in New York. All the miracles are acts of, as if some other reality was breaking in through the darkness. So, once more, theandric and their nature, that means God and divine and human, in one theandric action, that means man capable of miracles. Miracle, what we call miracle, being, how to say, the most natural thing in the world. <laughs> uh, what is unnatural for us, what is abnormal, what is ugly and horrible things, that we not only have become, but think that it's great to be just part of nature, in coordinated living by its own, uh, by its own um, uh, law. In fact, this is not our real nature, it's our old nature, the end of it. All miracles are never, never the power of such. It's always love as power. Not even power of love, but love as power. What is the true art of transfiguration, of breaking through to this world, is love in nothing else. Nothing else. That's why all miracles that are just power, are condemned by the church. We do not at all deny we Christians know that, that there can be negative demonic miracles. I will not simply occupy your time. I saw them myself. I know what one experiences when I see those things. And I know why the church condemns all that magics and this and that. Because believe me, believe me, we are very close to a miraculous demonic reality. Therefore, it is a very great uh, care for the children. Only those miracles that are from love and in love are bright, light, divine. But man has preserved the power to perform them in a negative and dark way. And finally, the third dimension, the signs of the kingdom. Now, this is essential introduction because we are dealing with a miracle. Uh, the miracle which is in many ways the real test of our faith for this virginal birth of something which goes against all our all our um, um, accepted views. I mean this is something which is absolutely unacceptable rationally and scientifically and um, uh, Therefore, we had, first of all, to kind of sort of put this whole miracle thing into uh, perspective. It is very difficult to speak of all these things. We are, you know, even when we have our best intentions, even when we want to be apologetic of Christianity, to defend it and so on and so forth, our attitude is a sort of defeatist. We are minimalist, you know. We always try to convince that proud modern man who looks at us as, what do you have to say, folks, in defense of your stupid faith. We say, it's not as stupid as you may think, you know. Of course we have a couple of mythological elements there and here and there, you know. But you know, we have to understand it. We have to understand virgin birth. It only means, you know, that, uh, that, uh, what? Uh, either it's totally absurd and the whole Christianity draws down the brain to that miracle. 
And then what remains is Christ and ethical article uh, one. All then, all then we shouldn't say. Says first of all that man who is questioning us, that modern man to whom we to whom we depend to be, is the one who simply doesn't know, who rather knows only one percent of one percent of reality. And once you get into the gospel reality, or it's 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 quite different. Uh, it is the absence of miracles which is the kind of negative characteristic <laughs> uh, of this world. So, so much of the miracles. Now we come to that particular miracle, the miracle of myth. It is, uh, we, we find here, first of all, the past which is very essential. And it is that Christ never used it, never spoke himself. He never used that report as a proof. He never said, by the way, do you know that I was born of the Virgin? Uh, 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 he never, um, that was, and that was never the kirigma, the preaching of the truth to those outside. Precisely because it would have been understood as a kind of uh, miracle force on us. Uh, <laughs> This miracle is, as I said in my previous lecture, the church preached Christ. Christ. Once you accept Christ, you can begin to understand why he was born this way and so on and so forth. So, the first point that miracle was, is not a proof. It cannot be used in Christian apologetics. First of all, because that proof is not provable. Right? And how can we prove, uh, uh, if we have a proof? It's a proof. And um, uh, therefore, all that the church, uh, the church used that as many other, um, many other elements of her faith only for those inside. Just as for a long time, the church never explained to those non-baptized the mystery of the bread becoming the body of Christ, of the Eucharist. The mystagogia the explanation of the sacrament of Eucharist in after, not before that. As the Church did not give to the catechumens, to those not baptized, the prayer which belongs to Christ and is His prayer, our Father God in heaven, in the same way, and this is by the way one of the fundamental reasons for the silence concerning Mary, she was not using it, uh, this virgin birth as, as a something from Florence, it was inside the church. It is as if the church were left with not uh, a kind of expl exploration, not explore, but uh, with necessity of, not necessity, the possibility, one of the greatest joys, the, the contemplation of that And I, I would like to read, uh, as one saint wrote when he thought about these things, he wrote a little prayer. I'm not trying, Lord, to penetrate your death. For my reason is not capable of it. But I desire to comprehend, being only little, your truth, the truth which my heart already believes and loves. So in our terms, this, the mystery of that miracle is not something which can be rationally proved. Even if it's a miracle, it's a miracle which is beyond our rational understanding. And yet, in many ways, in many ways, 
the, the, the development of the Christology, that means of the doctrine of God in his relation to man in Christ, and that means of God in his relation to the cosmos, all that to the form of an understanding of that mariological miracle. Now, it's very difficult for us today to speak about it. Even, uh, even it was always was always nothing more than a partial meditation or something. But why? Why? It's because this whole Mariology was so deeply obscured with, with uh, uh, when in our language today, in our semantic strata, we say virgin. We immediately understand it as almost something, you know, as the positive of the negative, the absence of something. In that particular uh, particular um, uh, instance, the absence of sex. Now, the absence of sex means that the sex is bad. Uh, virginity becomes, you know, a state above, and uh, uh, and and um, so the whole problem of Mary's virginity is immediately placed into that perspective. The other reduction of Mary uh, as virgin and as mother was that he was for such a long this time positively considered as only the image of the perfect womb. She kept within a kind of feminine context. Whereas again you'll see the regurgitative tradition of the church. She is not simply the ideal womb, but in many ways the ideal human being. And, and, and transcending this this feminine masculine and but even more than more than anything else what makes it so difficult whatever whatever the deviations whatever the the uh, difficulties of, of, of the or the exploitation of Mary in the so-called Christian period of history today uh, the all these words have become so different from what they used to be before. We are living, for example, in, 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 in the era of the so-called sexual revolution, right? And, and I don't have to explain to you what it means. But it, it represents an anthropology at the state of total disconnection from the Christian, from the Christian uh, and, uh, uh, inspiration. We have read, you know, it was even, you know, in, in, in atheistic system of ethics in the 19th century, there were still some large child from infant, but with this modern we, we are probably the first generation of people uh, uh, exposed to an anthropology that has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity, but probably in, internally directed against you know, this violence with which, for example, this modern psychology is demolishing what it calls with such contempt the taboos, oppressive taboos, liberate the sex. The sex being liberated, people die of boredom. Uh, but uh, still, you know, the more, the more. And uh, really, it's a situation in which, you know, today, uh, to go to, let's say, um, I don't even speak of, of a men's college, but to go to a girl's college and to speak about 
security, for example. We will laugh to death, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, are there such people still? Security. When they are given by their chapter, usually, the manual, you know, on, 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 on how to enjoy sex, you know, and this and that, you know, explore their bodies, no, you know, and people are not qualified. Of course, you can say, but what is purified means my puritanic upbringing. Uh, but I hate puritanism as equal. Just as I, 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 I hate exploring anybody's body, I hate the puritan, puritan, uh, puritan ideas. So it is not the puritan. It's simply the horror of seeing that those things, without which the Bible just doesn't speak to us. What can you explain to the modern uh, man, for example, that when whatever happened, that Adam and Eve committed sin, and they knew they were naked. But today the man is just being located naked. It's liberated from up. He knew. So what's wrong? What's wrong? Driving today by the Central Park this morning, you know, in, in New York, you see this people joining today, so also for really barely dressed, you know, and, and uh, so the shame, for example, shame, which is one of the fundamental, fundamental parts of Christian support. So what I'm saying all that is, uh, you understand it in, in, within this context, such words as virginity, you know, and so on and so forth, sound in a way in which in which they didn't sound for St. Luke, St. Matthew, certainly not for the fathers born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, it uh, it uh, um, acquires a kind of, first of all, what, of, what, what modern anthropology, the broken anthropology, uh, which is disconnected with which what it has made, it has isolated in man everything. Again, the body is one of the sex and so on and so forth, and within this broken anthropology, these things simply do not. Then, of course, those theologians invented that there is an eros and a god, and so on and so forth. No. Go and look into the Bible. Where is the eros and the agape? No. If the song of songs is not an erotical book, you know, then I don't know what eros is. You know. uh, oh, let me kiss your lips and so on and so forth. The Paulus comes as Christ in the church. Uh, Agapi. Uh, uh, Agapi, on the other hand, is understood usually as, 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 as a salvation army uh, or something uh, as, as boring as that, you know. So, uh, within this whole context, Puritan versus this kind of liberation, liberation of sex, liberation of exploration of the body, uh, Agapi and Eros, all these dichotomies, all that broken world, which is no longer even remembering that something else appeared in it, how do you explain? Well, we would almost want you to maybe not use those words, virgin mother, for a hundred years and then rediscover them again, as they come to us in church. So this is um, extremely difficult. So our, our situation is characterized by, A, religiously, by kind of... Uh, uh, positivistic impossibility to understand the transcendence. The presence of transcendence. Not the transcendent as a philosophical category, but the possibility that something which even recently, quite recently, was still the fundamental Christian thing, that we are surrounded with. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, I must say, maybe I'm, 
I'm called to say, fooling myself, but I sometimes uh, am surprised that God respects the creation so much as to, for example, I put a dollar bill on my shelf, right, and forget about it. Uh, and then I rediscover. I said, God would have very easily taken away. I would have never knew that. But he respects. He keeps it there. In other terms, I always feel that the miracle is not only possible, but the most natural thing to, to do. And that God sort of refrains from performing miracles simply because we might misunderstand. And, and, and therefore, it, we want their most help. Uh, and this total blindness to the transcendent, which permeates, which gets through the cosmos. Second, psychologically, in spite of all liberations of everything, we are manichaean. Uh, its body here, its soul there, its, its own support. Within the manichaean, uh, this dualistic mentality is very difficult to understand, uh, because the sexual revolution is the liberation of the body, after the uh, after the, the, the platonic manichaeism of the day. and finally on um, on the um, uh, sort of personal level you know we, we uh, uh, are not contemplative in the sense that we are not waiting for the mystery to speak to us but we want to be expected to to immediately be revealed to us in its sort of rational meaning and that is <laughs> impossible hence our first difficulty, and therefore which we have to overcome, is to contemplate that mystery in its totality. And when I say in its totality, I mean that in the orthodox way, which has preserved us from real heresies and dislocations, and those heresies were at the origin of much of what happened today, even in that sexual revolution, we were, um, we did not um, go, first of all, the way the West went, um, by contemplating the two things in a separate. And, of course, choosing the virginity as the content of, this is, by the way, the great people of the same thing that we as the Catholics have, that Mariology totally in common, and both sort of reject the Protestant rejection of Mary. It's true when it concerns the Protestants, but it's not true when it uh, will be in, in, in regard with the Catholics, because the, the, the first crack in the Western Mariology was precisely that isolation of this theme of virginity per se. And that became the, the, uh, the starting point of the, not simply a Mariological travel, although it developed into very strange forms, very strange forms, you know, including, of course, the logical consequence, the immaculate conception doctrine, but even on the level of veneration, but it developed also in a spirituality which became more and more dualistic, the celibacy of the clergy. The real, the real, this time not the, the real downgrading of the sex. In fact, the, the Roman tradition, prior, before this 
says it, but if you take the serious Roman Catholic tradition, in fact there was a Manichaean tradition. The sex is justified only by it's that, but you better take babies for that. Then it's going to be justified, so to speak, rather than giving babies, which the Orthodox Church never said, and absolutely never. And therefore, that separation of the virginity on the one hand, motherhood on the other hand, was in itself, and I'm not speaking about the Catholic, uh, the Latin development. Uh, so, to hold the mystery in its totality is to hold together virginity and motherhoods of Mary, of Mary personally, as the two dimensions, the two expressions of one and the same living reality. And the difficulty of theology, and that may be one of the reasons why theology sort of bypassed it. It is because you cannot, when you analyze, and that's the whole point, hold them together all the time. You have to start at the beginning and says first comes virginity. Virginity is this, 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 meaning is this, 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 and so on. Now we turn to motherhood. This, this, this. You already have, you know. So, uh, nowhere in, in, in the whole, well, that's too strong, but seldom you can discover how important it is the sort of liturgical equivalent as precisely in myology, which is the only, sort of, the only vision of the, 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 the mystery together. Now, where do we find the beginning of this comprehension of that mystery. My answer is, in that rather unique piece, the one which uh, for myself I call the Pascha in winter, that Christmas, that nativity, which is of course the great piece of Christ's incarnation, and therefore the starting point of the Church's contemplation of me. So it is, it is in this, uh, as I said, this virginity motherhood will go and through all, through all the aspects of Mariology. When we reach next time this whole theme of Mary and Cosmos, Mary and, as the place of the human being in the Cosmos, will again return to a new dimension of the same virginity and motherhood. When we come to Mary and the Church, Mary and Redemption, in protestation to the Temple, and then the Annunciation. But the starting point, the beginning of the vision, the beginning of an answer to that, what, what is the real content of that mystery? Even if we see just a little bit of that, we start seeing it, where we meet Mary first. In, in, in the liturgical life, and this is as the Virgin Mother of Christ uh, at his nativity. So without going uh, through all the details, it is impossible, let's see what is, what light more than an answer, what direction, what epiphany comes to us from that celebration. This has been Schmemann Speaks, 
featuring the words and wisdom of Father Alexander Schmemann. For more, visit St. Vladimir's Seminary online at svots.edu.